0: Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal. All right, a couple things off the bat before we talk about St. Agatha. Last week, so... This is how uh, I'm like the sound guy and the tech guy in our podcast. And I realized that as I listened last week, I'm like, why does it sound like I'm in a tunnel? Um, Is there something wrong with my microphone? I realized last week that there is a front to this microphone and a back like you actually have to talk into one side or the other. It kind of looks like, you know, like a soup can uh stands upright and i realized i was talking into the back of it for like the last two episodes <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it sounds better do i sound better this week I mean, you sound we the didn't same notice to last week yeah well so. at the very beginning at the very beginning you said something mike like connor you don't sound quite right and then i was like how about now and you guys never can tell anyway but i think it said it sounds better um I, uh, speaking of sound and sound engineering, I, I'm on Spotify now as a blue check mark, uh, artist, Father Seabisc. Do you guys have, whoa, no, we we talked about this. You guys listen to Pandora, right? I don't, I, I have Pandora. I
1: don't really listen to it, but yeah, what, I don't know what Spotify is.
0: Spotify is, uh, it's like a music streaming thing. I think you can do free. Do you listen to Spotify, Mike? I
2: have Amazon Unlimited. Okay. Which I have on my calendar to cancel on March twenty first <laughs> or something like that <laughs> because it's a 99 cent three month free trial okay. for prime members. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: And I will totally forget and end up paying like thirty dollars a month if I don't put that on my calendar. So that's that's my situation right now.
0: Well, I just I bring this up because I did mention on the podcast a while back that I was um, I decided to record an album of songs I've written. So I haven't done that yet, but I wanted to kind of see what what options were. I recorded this one song that I wrote more recently called A Letter to My Elders. Um, just kind of like I think I played you guys a version of it before drums and it kind of had that like 80s electronic feel to it. Oh, yeah. So I pub- published that um, through an electronic distributor. And anyways, now I'm on Spotify. It's not on Pandora yet, but it's on Apple Music and iTunes as well. You Ooh, search. and it's under the title Father Seabest. Father Seabest, yeah. So I'm kind of going a little incognito because it's a, it's not exactly a. <laughs> You're moonlighting. I'm uh, moonlighting, yeah. It's a hobby. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that if people wanted to search that, and hopefully by my hope, my hope is that by May I'll have like eight or nine songs recorded. I already have two or three that are pretty much done. Um, but now I have an artist profile on there, so I can like release it legit with a release date and all that how cool man yeah i'm pretty congratulations. stoked. congratulations stoked that's awesome, that's stoked. awesome. Stoked. stoked are I'm you stoked. A,
2: you're, you're a an officially a published artist huh
0: yeah it's not really real though i self-published it but still published hey man yeah, yeah you sold out but that's okay you know <laughs> and then the other thing i wanted to mention was you coached the um team did you not mike I did. For the Mudline. So I watched the, the oh, championship nice. game on the live stream. Oh yeah. Which Sh- it was sad. They, they they had those two brothers that were pretty pretty solid. Dude, they have three brothers. They have two
2: twins and then a third brother. Who
0: Didn't they have some strength. uh they had an unfortunate last name if I remember right.
2: That's true. I noticed the same thing. What was it their made name? me
0: skeptical. Eichmann. Eichmann, yeah. That's uh mm-hmm. he he was a bad guy in history. Yes. Yeah. That's not too bad. good.
2: Yeah, but it was a blast. Um, And I actually got to pull double. I got to pull triple duty that weekend. This past weekend, Uh, I coached the basketball team, which was an incredibly successful slash. Yeah, we'll say successful second place effort. Very, very good. A Mm -hmm. lot of fun to be with the guys. And you had good uh, players. Yeah, yeah, very good players. And they were committed and they were intense. And by far, my biggest challenge was. You know, if you got five guys on the floor, there's five guys sitting on the bench. And hmm. it's just tough to, to play everybody and also be competitive, and right. especially in a seminary tournament like that. So that was difficult. I wish I could have played more
0: people. Um, I'm sure you're chomping at the to play were, yourself as well, Mr. Miracle Shot.
2: For sure. Well, now that you've mentioned it, so <laughs> Did there. or did you not
1: wear a jersey underneath your suit?
2: Just in case. <laughs> yeah. No, so check this out. So check out what I actually <laughs> did wear. This is part of the triple duty is – I also um, fulfilled a like drill reserve weekend requirement for my Army unit as a, as a recruiter. So the Army needs Catholic priests big time. And to have 13, however many different seminaries come to one place, to, for me as a priest to be able to dress up uh, in my uniform and to just talk to different guys about what the chaplaincy is um, fulfilled one of my weekend mandatory duty stations or, or, um, reserve training opportunities. So I actually coached on the sideline in my fatigues. Um, and that was all of Saturday huh. and then had a lot of great discussions with guys about what the chaplaincy actually looks like. And it just kind of sparked general interest. That's um, awesome, man. yeah, it was great. And then the third thing was, I actually got to celebrate and preach the community mass for on on the Sunday. Father Karchi, who's the rector of Mundoline, asked me to celebrate that mass because I, you know, I've been at the tournament for the last 6 years and um you know, was in the basketball video with Baron and um,
0: oh, that's funny. And I was so, in that video and they never asked <laughs> me to do that mass.
2: Yeah, it's because you're a you're a third-rate basketball player, uh, dude.
0: That's being generous,
2: <laughs> frankly. That was... <laughs> yeah. No, so it was a great... It was... A, it was why so didn't it a ask fun me to be game? in that video? What the heck? <laughs> yeah, why weren't
0: you in there, Rob? Were you already, You were never on the team, were you?
1: Uh, My first year, I was on the team. I was... Yeah. I was on the team my first year. Mm-hmm. I averaged probably about two minutes of playing time per game, <laughs> which pff, never got that either. So... Yeah. <laughs> Walked uh, away, dude. Hung up the cleats. You know what I'm saying? Dang! Don't wear cleats
2: in the basketball court. It's dangerous. <laughs> maybe that was maybe that was the problem. <laughs> that man. might have That's, been the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the gym has been scratched up ever since that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but it was I like I love I love being around the seminarians, and um, they really are. They're just committed to wanting to be good priests, and um, it's a lot of fun to get to do a, like a physical event over a weekend with them and have different guys from all over the country come and, and then to be able to celebrate mass as a priest, uh, especially as a guy who's been there the past six years, like a lot of people have, have seen as a seminarian. And so like, I just kind of saw it as a sign of hope for a lot of the guys in the pews, both at Mundelein, but then in these other seminaries who I've developed friendships with and they've seen throughout the years, like priesthood is real. And this is, this is the light at the end of the tunnel here. And, um worked oh, a lot in the could homily. Be yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Behold, there was a lot of um well, I I loved preaching the homily. I was a bit nervous about it. Um told a story about well, I, I've told in the podcast and from my basketball coach with his beautiful daughter um but just preached on how we need to be priests who hear the word of the father and actually look to him. Um so in both of the readings there was this rhythm of like hearing somebody and then getting getting them to look at you. So that there was this hearing that led to seeing and that in prayer, like we in at mass, we hear the voice of God so that we actually look at him. We actually look to the Father. Um and it was just it was a lot of fun. And it was it's also stayed with me a lot in my own personal like in my own prayer life that a lot of the times I realize I'm not listening, that I'm just hearing my own voice which makes me then look at myself more hmm. um, and then recognizing the times when the Lord's voice really does come and like he does snag my attention um, and then I, I do look to him. And that's kind of where I've been wanting to stay is just a, a priest who looks at the father. Um, so that was kind of my big takeaway. And I'm a huge, I'm a giant person, not that giant, but I'm a big guy and I'm also a big extrovert. And so like that whole weekend was just, that was gold yeah. for me it just refreshed my soul and um yeah it was a total joy
0: so it's awesome nice man dude. well there was one thing i heard while uh you guys were playing in the championship game you put pat willie in at one point uh huh and um he was defending one of the real good guys and you yelled like you could barely hear what anybody was saying cuz it's so echoey in there and the and the, it was just a live stream from one camera and one microphone But you could hear you screaming, work hard, Pat, Willie, work hard or something like that. Did you is that something you scream from the bench often? Yes. So I loved that because I knew exactly what you meant by that, like because you can it's so easy because you're tired. Playing defense tires you out in basketball and you can play a certain brand of like lazy defense where you're not totally on your toes, like on top of this guy as much as you can be it's the same thing with lifting too like i found i've been lifting a lot more and i i end my workouts doing pull-ups and pull-ups are hard but i can do them but like if i if i have in my mind to do 10 after doing a couple sets before like i can do 10 even if the last two are kind of crappy like i can work hard and get those last two out but if I have in my mind, like, do five and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do a sixth and your, your heart's not in it. Like, ah, oh, this is an extra one anyway. Like, you're just weak, you know, like the strength just leaves your body. But if you have some, that's why personal trainers and coaches are so important because you are capable of more than you are doing most of the time. And somebody just saying work. And then I like, it was cool to see Pat Willie immediately work harder. Like he just needed, <laughs> he just needed somebody from the sideline being like, "Hey, I notice you. I know you're capable of more. Do more." And, um, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. I have other thoughts on it, but um, do you guys yeah, agree? Yeah, that is really cool because
2: when I yell that, what I am, I've even just coaching in like a weekend, and it, like you said in the Echoey gym, I could yell a million different, uh, like practical tips of what. A defender needs to do better to play better defense, but one I, like I, you can't do that in the middle of a game. It's they're not going to hear it. It's just going to be me yelling for the sake of yelling. But what I'm actually saying is that, like, like muster that oomph in yeah. your heart to like not just look like you're working hard. You can play defense and make it look like you're playing defense, mm-hmm. but like get it in like from your gut.
0: Get after like, it.
2: Give it everything that you have there. I can only really express it with work hard or like a sound effect.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> yeah. That's what you got to do right there. And, Let and it so I'm not giving him anything practical to do, but it's like your heart is is big and capable of a lot. And I want you to do that because you can. Um,
0: yeah. I rem- remember my uncle. My uncle who was like a star athlete himself he was a cyclist and um he might have only gone like amateur but he was he was an elite biker uh which to me is like one of the most intense sports where you're you're just like punishing your body your legs and your heart and your lungs and everything um climbing up hills and racing bikes and stuff and uh his son was on the track team one year and he's like talking about it how he's running the 400 or the 800 or something like that. And he's just, he won't let it hurt. Like he's not running hard because it's this middle distance. Um And if you run a fast 800 by the end, you, it can really hurt. You know, if like oh. you, if you don't pace yourself and you really give it everything. Um And he's like, just let it hurt a little, you know, <laughs> Like he would never, he would never, uh it wouldn't be his sport because he just couldn't let it hurt. And that's where I think the work hard, Pat, Willie, that's what I hear is like, yeah, sometimes I need to hear that to just let it hurt, like work hard. Uh And gosh, this flies in the face of a lot of what we talk about. But just in my <laughs> own in my own spiritual life right now, I feel like the place where I feel most. um, Yeah, most like I'm open to grace and like this is a growing part of me that God is sort of watering is when I let it hurt and when I like renounce something. So for instance, right now, screens, like I just find myself really attached to screens and compulsively, like I'll sit down and pray the rosary or the breviary. And immediately, as soon as it's over, my hand is like reaching into my pocket to get my phone out. Why? No, no reason. Like I've deleted Twitter. I've deleted all this stuff I've blocked things so that like I, you know, I deleted YouTube. I'll like swipe all the way left just to look at the Apple news. And it's just all like stuff about Trump or people magazine or like nothing I'm interested in, but it's just something, you know? Um, And I realized like, this is, this is where my heart is going looking for some kind of satisfaction. There's some kind of addiction or attachment here. Just let it hurt and like, don't do the thing you want to do right now and open up the space to this emptiness. And that's where I find Christ. And I find it easier, like in the morning, um, to pray and feel that Jesus is right in front of me. Um, but you can't, like, it's so easy to, to stop letting it hurt or to stop working hard, to stop being vigilant. I think I, I think I mentioned this before too, like the thought this year is like relaxed, like a golf swing, like the grip on a golf swing, like not gripping it white knuckle too tight, but also not so loose that the club flies out of your hand. Like this certain like balance of vigilance and, and rest is where it's like the sweet spot of like, I am, I'm just being careful not to let in things that distract me from my purpose, distract me from God's presence even even and especially when i want them the most when it's the thing i'm looking forward to like playing a video game or eating something or having a drink or using nicotine or having a coffee or like looking at my phone like all of these things that are my comfort actually the way to um the way to a charmed life the way to actually like even surface level happiness because those things always leave me empty like watching a half an hour of youtube makes me sad <laughs> no matter what it is uh it's just such a waste of time but if i say no to it and just go sit in my chair in silence like i'm 100 percent happier um but it's easy to be lazy you know it's easy to get out there and not play defense to make it look <laughs> like you're working hard but you're not actually does that make any sense that connection
2: yeah. Yeah, for sure, Rob. I don't know if you have if you have anything. Yeah, I
0: think so. I mean, point made. I'm not I trying to anything. I'm not trying to say but like I'm not trying to say that I'm trying not to be a Pelagian about it cuz we talk about this sure. all the time. Um but I'm not sure if I am being a Pelagian. I'm just like it's resurging in me.
1: I don't know. Yeah, man. No, that's I think that's true. I mean, I was relating it back to um I don't know, even grow in growing up. And I think this is probably out of the same spirit. Mets, you can speak to that uh, if not. But uh, one of the things that my dad always used to tell my brother and I would be, you got to play big because we weren't very big. We were like kind of undersized. And we both played linebacker in high school for like decent teams anyway. And, you know, you would just have to be um, kind of smart and scrappy. And, um, you got to play bigger than you actually are in order to do this. So I've thought about things like just in terms of, um, kind of the whole sport. So this is kind of getting off to maybe the specific point you were saying, Connor, I don't think it sounded plagian what you were saying. Hmm. Um, but just the notion of like, uh, the other thing that, uh, he would always point out to us is you gotta, you gotta want the ball. You know, like mm-hmm. you got to be one of those guys that wants the ball. And I've thought about that, too, of just kind of all the stuff going on in like even, you know, even today, I, I know the the summer kind of had all those just bad news after bad news, just church related stuff. And uh, but it's just a long road in front of us, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what kind of goes on as far as like trying to live out faithful lives as priests and just disciples in in the church and um so I don't know I don't know if I've just been um like I think kind of some of the grace have even mess you talking about Exodus my brother is doing it too and things like that but have just um yeah have cut back on like especially at night like TV before bed just been like reading an actual book um and just stuff like that I just feel like I'm praying better <laughs> than I had been in a while um but just that notion it kind of gives you the freedom to like it's just kind of fun i don't know I don't know how else to say it, but like we need like really scrappy and creative like priests and laity right now that are actually kind of thrilled by I, I mean horrified by the bad news, certainly, but kind of thrilled at the challenge of like. Hmm hey, let's do this though, because yeah, Pat Willie, you're way overmatched, but like get after that guy and who knows, maybe you're going to like do something pretty great out there.
0: Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. The fun of it. That's what I mean is like, yeah, there have been times in my life where I have felt Pelagian like in college where I think I know that I am less of a good version of myself when I watch a lot of YouTube or waste time doing stuff. I would much rather have read a bunch of books and prayed a bunch of rosaries and done a bunch of good deeds. So I'm just going to make the goal, like, don't do the bad things and only do the good things. And then you get to a, a, you get to a certain point where it's like, my life now is a huge drag because none of the things that I like to do for fun are like within limits. And all I'm allowing myself (laughs) to do are boring things like read books. Um, and so the inevitable dryness comes like, you know, you make good resolutions like that in times of mountaintop experiences, like going to a seek or something like, I'm never going to do another beer, you know? Um, <laughs> you're like, you get to a party and you're like, all right, everybody's doing beers now and I'm just going to sit here and not do a beer. This stinks. Um, so the the resolution wears off. But what doesn't wear off is the feeling of like, this is actually a more charmed life. This is actually a better more fun way to live so like for instance in my life it's like i need to not not allow myself to click on twitter right now because that's going to sap my desire and my energy and love of life for doing something creative like rec- like work on a recording or um you know like read a book that i don't just i'm i'm not just reading because i know it's the right thing to do to read a book right now so i'm going to read some boring theology but, like read something that really sparks your my imagination, and um you know, like a more aesthetic asceticism, you know does that make sense yeah, 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 uh where I'm doing this because it actually makes me happy,
2: yeah, yeah, and that's where I think the creativity aspect that you're talking about comes in, Rob um it what you related it to, I don't know if this was was the takeaway, but this is at least what I got was like um. I don't know, not even like you're an underdog but go out there and just give it your best and and sort of see what happens like you're gonna there's a good chance that you even lo- lose the game or that you miss a tackle or that the guy runs over you when you meet him in the hole but you got to get you got to you still have to stick your nose in there and you got to play really big and and try and fill that gap even though that guy running the ball is like 220 And you're sitting there at 190 or something like that, and he's got a full head of steam. Like, stick your nose in there and just see what happens. Maybe you'll knock the ball loose or something. And like, maybe you'll break your neck. Maybe your (laughs) neck will get broken and you'll be concussed. (laughs) Who knows? Like, how about those? Yeah. Exciting. How about that? (laughs) Those possibilities. Okay.
0: That's why I don't. I try not to drive the lane and play bigger than I, because I'm gonna break an ankle at this point. Land on somebody really stupidly.
2: Dude, well, there's your problem,
0: okay? When, you, when you play
2: not to get hurt, <laughs> that's how you get hurt, all right? Is that right? Well, there's
0: just, if,
1: if we're staying with the sports analogy, like, there's just a reason. I can't think of, like, the perfect example right now. The word that was really kind of standing out to me more was, like, scrappy, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, those guys are just so frustrating for everyone else to play against. Yes. Yeah. And we need that right now in the church. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That was the point I was trying to make. Scrappy is. Yeah, like you got to get out there and like you. Yeah, certainly you realize that you're way undersized and everything like that. But you got to figure it out, you know, like you have to figure it out to yeah, at least stick your stick your neck in there and see what
0: happens. Boxing yeah. people out, play some hard defense. More sports
2: analogies. Grip that golf club. <laughs> yeah, grip yeah, it you and kick rip it. That touchdown.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> here, here. Well, I mean, a real life example of that in high school, I remember we played against a team. And I sort of loved playing against them because I hated playing against them so much because they were so annoyingly scrappy mm-hmm. and they would rotate. They were, it was about the same type of dude at all five positions. They were not super athletes. They were good athletes. They were not super tall, but they were relatively tall. None of them were super fast or super shooters, but they were all decent shooters and they would rotate five guys. Okay. Okay who would, they would guard me throughout the game and no joke, all of them, they had like shaved heads. They were just hard working, intense guys. And they would ram their forehead into my chest. Like that, that's how committed they wanted to show me how committed they were to making sure I didn't get the ball. And so they would literally impose themselves onto me physically to communicate. Like, I think that gritty, and every single one of them, when they rotated through, would intentionally do that to me. To show the message that we're not backing down. They would drive their heads up, into your like, chest? They would put, they would ram their forehead into my chest. Huh. Like when we were just standing there, and I was waiting for the ball. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is kind of sitting there waiting for the play to start. And they were in a defensive posture with their forehead in my sternum. <laughs> for however long the game was. What, eight minutes, four for eight-minute quarters, so 32 minutes. That's did they ever I beat had. you guys? And it made me work super. Um, Yeah, they did. They beat me sophomore year, but we beat them junior year to go to the state championship, nice.
0: which is pretty sweet.
2: That was the first time I ever dunked a basketball, actually. It was against them. Um, in, in a, in a you mean game. dunked
0: in a game, yeah.
2: Dunked in a game, yeah. Wow. We were down by like eight, and I stole one on a fast break and slammed it. And we had like a minute and a half left, and it just spark some comeback, but that's a whole other glory story. I can't even get into all of my dunks. That's crazy. <laughs> by the book, <laughs> by the book. Yeah, but th- this did really happen this past weekend. Is that um, the whole Exodus ninety deal? Oh
0: yeah. I is, want to hear about that? How's that going?
2: Well, I think Scrappy may be a good way to put it, um, because yeah, and a lot of stuff that you say about like the a. Uh, addiction, like the best way to, um, to overcome addictions and Exodus 90, I would say is not necessarily about coming, overcoming addictions, but that you just create a space that allows grace to work. And so oftentimes it's blocking out unnecessary things so that the most necessary thing can actually be active and present. And what has happened with me is in my evenings, like we talked about it last time, but again, I've been confronted with this creature that is time that I usually fill with like nothingness with Doritos. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I fill this time in the evenings with non-substantial things to my soul and to my humanity. And what Exodus 90 has created is this space that thanks be to God. He's given me the grace to just step into and into a nothing. Like there's an, is a vacuum. There's nothing there. And I have to confront this two-hour time creature every night and try and figure out what's the best for my actual for my soul there. And what's ended up happening is a couple of cool fruits. Like tonight, I'm actually gonna go. We have uh, like a ca- quote-unquote cam night tonight. I'm I'm gonna go play chess with somebody in the evening, which makes me think of you, Rob. Um, um
1: we are the most evenly matched are, are are you and him as evenly matched as you and I? <laughs> yeah, no. Dude, that I've never seen it before, but
2: <laughs> but then this past weekend, um it's cold outside, lots of snow, things have like sort of started to melt and I knew I I was going to work really hard all Saturday, work on my thesis, write as much as I can. But then I knew in the evening that this I was going to have that time creature hmm. come into my room. And it's just going to be me and him and we're going to have to tango. And what it sparked was in that confrontation with this creature was this creative outlet that I went out to Franciscan point in like two feet of snow and shoveled my way through, um, through to the point, which is like this little, uh, part of the coast that juts out into the lake just a little bit. That gives you a perfect view of the campus from across the frozen lake at this point. And I dug through like two feet of snow to find the fire pit. Hmm. And I had some dry wood in the back of my truck that's been covered. And I brought my dulcimer. I brought my backpack. And I brought a couple of smokes out there and did a huge bonfire and invited some people out. And we sat in the freezing snow around this bonfire and had the most fun night that I've had in a long, long time. Yeah, that's good. I think... That, that event is the fruit of like sticking my nose into, hmm. into this cave, into this hole hmm. that the Lord has been, that, that the Lord has given me the grace to step into. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and, and because of it, it, it has forced me to spark this creative outlet that's born the fruit of developing deeper friendships here. And, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, Just dude, kind that's of- great. I, la- I think I remember you guys talking about this creature time thing, but that really brought it home to me. This, You know, as you're going through your day, your time's kind of slotted out for you, which is kind of a, a bummer, but it's also kind of nice to have like, okay, I have to I have to go to class. I have to do this. Then it's lunch. Then it's mass, or It's whatever. But then there's going to be two hours of unstructured time with which I, I know I have a bunch of like stuff on my to-do list, papers I need to write eventually, but I don't really feel like doing that tonight, nor is it really pressing enough that it's obvious that that's what I should be doing. It's just two hours. It's like this beast that looks, that's waiting for you. And then it's in your room and you, you're going to go there and you're going to see it. Two hours, what do you do? You know? And you can just like let it own you and do nothing with it and just let the two hours pass doing something dumb or yeah, get active about it proactive and creative i love that dude let's what's keeping us from going off to franciscan point right now and just well it's snowing well let's just dig the snow out and like we got time dude and like all my army buddies like josh
2: was out there and 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 then i love that dude yeah and then it became this very very fun thing that we were
0: not being and i'm sure you're better at discerning too it's like when you when you think about it like that you are being proactive but you're not you're also not just being ego-driven you're not just doing like i'm going to do what i want with this you're more you're more in tune with the spirit that's guiding you like yeah what are we going to do with this time um and then and then it really does it does
2: come to you as a gift and less as a burden where i'm i'm no like i don't feel like i'm fighting boredom but that like all of this stuff has just started to come up that i'd love to do and and yet again, it feels like I don't have enough time, right. you know? And so it's kind of shifted
0: hmm.
2: back to time as being a gift, that it's not this monster that I'm dueling anymore, but it's really like, here's something from the Lord.
0: Well, it's th- also which a, a telescope Which is too. actually what time is. Don't you think like, uh, yeah, I don't have any time right now to do this because I have only this many months to get this paper done and I need to do this. But then when you, you telescope it out to like, do I have time to work out or do I have time to pray? Mm. You're like, well, working out will add, you know, let's say 10 years to your life. So it's actually a good investment of your time because, it, you know, like you're getting more time back for what you invest and you'll feel better in the time that you are here alive. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have time to pray? I don't know. Like, do you want to go to heaven for all eternity? Um, because you should probably have a relationship with God so that you know what you're saying yes to, you know, like, we can just be too short-sighted a lot of times with with our time but you get some of that crap out of there like the trivial stuff but then even even some of the things that seem to be good like moving was a good thing for me like i got so caught up in the parish duties you think you start thinking this is the only thing that matters in life is my current job right now until you get a new assignment and you're like oh yeah uh, some perspective like what? What is really a good use of my time? Is it good to sacrifice prayer time to try to meet everybody's needs? Like you're never going to meet everybody's needs anyway, and this is causing you to not be as good of a priest and meeting the, the needs of the people that you are able to to serve. You know.
1: Yeah, I got I got to get uh, get <laughs> right, going sorry. here, but no, you're good. Um, but no, I'd be interested to like continue that. There's just something about like even that description of like. The party at Franciscan Point when you had that conf- confrontation with this time creature that's like so genuinely authentic as well because you have to make the distinction of like it's just not more programming of like adding another yeah. thing just to yeah. add another thing, you know. So yeah, I'd, I'd actually like point. to – I don't know if we've ever liked tabled a discussion for the next podcast, but I would like to go back to that. Let's table it. Table. all right i gotta later. go see you guys
0: later all right rob okay. hmm. three
1: dogs north are juice Seabisc and michael metz conversations have been edited to sound smarter audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of mundelein seminary It may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.